Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com. Today is a significant message. Now, uh, one of uh, my, one, really one of my only mentors, he texted me yesterday and said, uh, just praying for you, and I really appreciate that. So I wrote him back last night. It took me all day to respond to him. And I said, you know, pray for us because we are, I'm sharing a message tomorrow, and I really believe that God uh, wants to speak as uh, something particular into our church. And so today, I really believe that, you know, I don't say this lightly, but I really believe today's message really has a prophetic word attached to it. And it could mean, uh, the prophetic word I hope is uh, of the same nature to everyone, but I think it can have different meanings uh, t- uh, to an extent to each of us. So I want you to bear with me. We're going to go through a lot of stuff today. I was listening to last week's message late last night. I Don't ask me why. I was just doing it. And I was thinking, I had, ri- I had my message for today ready to go, and I was thinking, man, this week is almost opposite to last week, just in terms of we had a lot of stats last week, we had a lot of scriptures last week, and it was very, it was a, a, a heavy message, so to speak. Well, today, uh, I'm just sticking with really one thought, and it's about seasons change, all right? So here we go. So seasons in life are very interesting for us. Now, raise your hand if you are a Bruce Springsteen fan. You've never been asked this question in church. Thank you. We got one, two. Well, I thought there'd be more. Maybe three. Okay. Some people are just, I don't listen to non-Christian music. All right. Uh, how, so we have a few Springsteen fans. I'm a bit of a Springsteen fan. As some of you know, uh, I like going to old record store. Some of you know this about me, and picking up old vinyl records. They have, uh, my favorite store has old vinyl and new vinyl. I stay away from the new vinyl, partly because it's three times the price. But uh, the second reason is I want the original stuff. I want the stuff from the 70s and and even into the 80s. So I go to uh, this uh, record store, pick up a bunch of stuff, and uh, see what I can find. So I picked up this mint condition Bruce Springsteen album recently. I thought I was so cool. I walked out of there. I'm like, man, I got a Springsteen record in mint condition. I felt so good about myself. But uh, anyways, but you know, from popular music uh, and, and really any kind of music, that great music artists from every genre over all the decades uh, uh, of music is that often uh, music and musicians are defined by a season in their life. We refer to these seasons based on some of the albums they've written, uh, we'll say, oh, those were the such and such days, like the Abbey Road days for the Beatles, or we'll, we'll talk about different things like that. Or maybe we'll say, we'll talk, my, one of my favorite bands is U2, and we'll say, well, that was their uh, uh, Zuropa tour, all right? And so that we'll refer to times like that in, in their history as they were touring. Obviously, I'm referring to mainly musicians that have been around, around for more than six months. All right, if you've been only around for six months, you don't get this kind of credit. But anyways, so name your favorite music artist, and you can name a season of their music. You can uh, connect with a certain timeline in their musical journey. But we also have biblical examples of seasons, all right? Jesus grew up as a normal child, uniquely aware that he was the Son of God. One of the things that I love the most about Jesus, and I I really find interesting, and to be honest, I haven't spent a lot of time uh, diving into it, but I still find it really interesting. It's just like we see Jesus, uh, uh, his 
Mary gets pregnant with Jesus, and then she goes the nine months, who knows, whatever it was. Maybe it was fast track because it was Jesus. She just birthed him in a week. Who knows? But uh, that's, that's probably not true. All right, so don't go around saying things to people. All right, anyways, but uh, she gave birth to Jesus, and then we see him a little bit as a child. And then all of a sudden, we jump ahead, and he's an adult. He's in his 30s, and he's starting his ministry. So, like, what happened to all that middle time? What was going on uh, during those days in preparation for ministry? So that's one of the things I think about. So we, even Jesus went through seasons. I often think of Moses who spent many years away from Egypt in exile before he returned before Pharaoh. If you know Moses' story, he got in a little trouble with the law. He killed somebody, and he ran away, and uh, then he, uh, God called him back to lead his people. Of course, we have King David. Uh, he wasn't always king. He was just a shepherd boy for many years before he became king. In fact, when uh, God was going to appoint him king, he was just in the shepherd field. Everyone else was trying to become king, but uh, David was just out in the shepherd fields. For us today, there aren't any kingdoms to take over. We don't necessarily have millions of people that need to be led by us, but we all have our something that needs to be done. Our something often reflects our season. These are seen in our families our life of faith in Christ. So uh, we're going to read from the scriptures of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8 today. And so I want you to turn to that. It'll be up on the screen as well. Can you see it? Yeah, kind of. I always try. It's, I have this huge screen I do it on in my office. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, we can see that. And then I come here and it's like, oh, no, we can't. All right. But anyways, here we go. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to read the whole thing, but we're really going to focus just on verse 1 today. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. Excuse me, a time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Obviously, there's a lot there, but we're going to focus on verse 1 for our purposes today. You see, spiritual gifts, God's call upon our lives, are great things. However, although the word of the Lord remains, I believe that at different times, God will lead us into new territory. He will open us to new gifts, maybe even lead us to realizing that there is something deep within us that we've never noticed or forgotten that we had from many years ago. Uh, When I was finishing high school and my first few, few years after high school, I really didn't know what my future held. I worked some meaningless jobs, uh, thought about finding a good job, a career, uh, just to pay the bills. That was my goal, was just to pay the bills. I was paying uh, for all of Arlene's bills pretty early on, so I had to really make some money. But, uh, and it's true, you can't say it didn't happen. All right, but that wasn't, (laughs) Arlene has never paid for a cell phone bill or phone in her life. All right, that's my claim to fame. That's all I got. Man, my mom was so mad when I first started paying for Arlene's phone bill. Oh, what happens if she dumps you? That's what she'd always say to me. I'll give it to the next girl. That's what I said. Okay, but anyways. (laughs) And it never happened, so it's all good. But uh, (laughs) 
Oh, man, how am I going to recover from that one? Okay. Yeah. I worked some meaningless jobs just to pay the bills, but that wasn't what I felt the Lord was leading me into. I took my passion for God, for worshiping him, and started to pursue studies in worship and theology. What I really wanted to do in those days was become, this was my goal. This was the 19 or 20-year-old Pastor Jay goal. What I really wanted to do in those days was become a worship pastor in a church. That was my goal. Some of you know this. I figured if I was able to do that someday, I'd be good with that. That was like, man, that's a sweet deal. You play music, like, man, done. I'm, I'm all in. What I really wanted to do uh, in those days was just to lead worship in churches. So I began to meet with a very successful musician and worship leader where, I, where uh, Arlene and I grew up. He was a friend of my dad's, and so it was a good fit for me to work with him. He was an excellent musician, and he really helped me point, he really helped point me in the right direction. He taught me guitar, so I was a self-taught guitar player, some of you can tell, but, uh, so I, but I did take a few lessons here and there. And in one of these lessons with this gentleman, he taught me something significant, and I've carried it with me ever since. He shared how gifts and talents were a part of a tool belt. Some of you love to work with your hands. You actually own tool belts. I didn't own a tool belt until I moved to Espanola. I got one now. But he, uh, he shared with me how gifts and talents were part of a tool belt. These gifts and talents would be things that God could use for his glory. So the uh, end result of this conversation with him was I realized I had one thing in my tool belt. I could play guitar. That was it. There was nothing else in that tool belt. So since then, I've been trying to equip myself with many more things. From that moment when we, he and I had the discussion, I was in a new season. I realized I was in a new season. I knew that I needed to develop more than one gift or ability. I knew that the Lord had more in store for me. So fast forward, I, I think this was about uh, 15 years ago, I'm not sure, but I, fast forward at least 15 years, and I know that God had a bigger plan for my life than I could see in that moment. When I was a youth pastor in Toronto, uh, I figured, <laughs> this is when I was 25, when I thought everything got past that was super old. But anyways, uh, when I was a youth pastor in Toronto, I figured, man, I'll be a youth pastor until I'm at least 35. That's a, that seems like a good time just to, to switch it up. But you see, God had other plans. There were days when I thought I'd always be in youth ministry in one form or another. I could never see myself really doing a lot of other stuff. I love young people. I still do to this day. Uh, <laughs> some adults are scared of teenagers. I'm not one of them, okay? It's just the way it is. S teenagers are now scared of me, I realize, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, that's all right with that. I'm all right with that. But you see, these were uh, di days, unique days for me. I, I wasn't quite sure what was ahead. I just thought I could only see in what I was doing in the moment. I could only see what my hands were touching in that moment. You see, like our scripture says today, for everything, there is a season. Remember that. Anyone here uh, that is a parent, you'll either remember from long, long ago, or if you're like me, the memories are still fresh, slash scars are still fresh. But after a few months of having your first child, you wonder, will my life always be filled with diaper changing? Late night feeding, early mornings to screaming humans, slash non-human beings, that are sucking the life out of me. No. Uh, luckily, uh, we know as parents, and I know this, I can encourage anyone that's in this stage, luckily we know that these moments are not eternal. They don't last forever. For, because for everything, there is a season, right? 
My challenge for us today is that I see a church filled with multitudes of gifts, talents, and abilities. In 2020, though, I want to ask you this question. Is God calling you into something new? Is God calling you into something new? Has God been preparing you for this season, which is a new season? I have this uh, uh, statement today that I want you to write down. Wherever you write things down, I want you to write it down. And here, here's what it is. Jason, if you can put it up on the screen. What you're becoming is not who you are today. What you are becoming is not who you are today. You see, you have not arrived. You have not arrived. I believe that you're called for much, much more than where you are in this moment. You see, God's plans for us can reach beyond the horizon, the limits that we put on ourselves, that we put over ourselves. So our first point today is this, our becoming. There has been a time for, uh, there's been a time where we've been challenged, excuse me, to see what season the Lord has bring us into. What season are, am I in today, Lord? What am I doing here today? I can assure you that I believe our congregation is in a new season. If you feel like, I don't know, maybe I've not been in the right season at the right time, or maybe, I, God, I don't know where you're putting me right now. I don't know what you're doing with me. I'm not quite sure. Let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart that our congregation as a whole is in a new season. You see, this season is about dead things coming back to life. What is being stolen is to be returned. What has been blocked off from God is to be drawn into the light. You see, we always see younger people, those who are uh, younger in age or new to the faith as ones who need to grow. That's how the church folks look at others, and it's wrong. I, I, I actually get annoyed by this mindset. I know that young, excuse me, I know young people, and some of them are in our own youth ministry, who have more wisdom than older people I've met who've gone to church their whole life. I know people who are new to this whole church concept, faith community, and they are much more secure and wise in their faith than someone who's had their keister firmly planted in the church for a lifetime. So just because you've been somewhere doesn't just mean that you're mature and that you have all this wisdom to share. You see, we should all look like we are becoming something greater. I learned this a long time ago, that we are always to be uh, becoming, and uh, Christ is forming us into something new, something that's never been seen before in our own lives. You see, what is God calling me into, and what am I becoming? That's a question I want us to ask. God, what are you calling me into, and what are you uh, molding me into? What are you turning me into? There's uh, a word that the Lord gave me a long, long time ago, and it was this. What happened on the mountain was never meant to stay on the mountain. Let me explain it. Here's our second point today, mountaintops. I had a pastor once refer to a favorite song of his. He remembered it because he called it a mountaintop experience. When he, uh, when he heard the song, it brought him back to that place. So if the, someone in the church played that song on a Sunday, he'd be like, oh, I remember that moment when, blah, 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 right? When I was a young teenager, uh, myself and a lot of my peers, we lived for mountaintop experiences. 
times when we felt like we drawn close to God. We look forward to those times. A lot of times it was at places like youth convention or retreats or summer camps or uh, youth rallies or just I'm just r- rhyming off different things. Basically anything out of the ordinary from our weekly routines. But church, here's the deal. I believe that mountaintop experiences are great for us. I think they're faith-forming. They're important for us to have. But you see, these experiences can leave us, if we're not careful, stagnant in our faith. If we're not careful, we can get stuck in that place. And man, I remember that I've heard people talk to me like, God did this awesome thing, and it was so great. Let me tell you about it. So they tell me about it. And then I find out it happened 30 years ago. And my question is, has God done anything since? Like, seriously, has God done anything since? And it's, we don't like to ask that question because it means we have to be honest and we have to be transparent about our faith journey. But the truth is, God is always doing something new. He's not just chilling. He's not just hanging out in heaven. Woo! Like, he's, he's actually, I don't even know how to describe it. He's actually doing something all the time for people around our world. So today I want you to reflect on uh, your mountaintop experience. Maybe you have many, maybe you have one, it doesn't matter. But I want you to reflect on those experiences that you've had in your life. Have you done what the Lord instructed you to do in those experiences? Have you done what God has instructed you to do? Or have you held on to those words for so long that you aren't listening to what the Lord is saying today. This is the danger of prophetic words when we declare words over people is that we grab onto them, and we should, but then we carry them for years and years and years, and that's not always God's purpose. Maybe that's a now word. Maybe that's a word that's come to pass, going to come to pass in the future, but it doesn't mean we just carry it. This, it's like we're we're wearing these name tags with our, uh, what God has called us in, but we're forgetting that I've been wearing this name tag for 300 years. Do you think that maybe God is saying something a little bit different to you today than he did then? It won't contradict his word because he can't do that. But what is he saying? What's that fresh manna word that he is giving to you today? Are we pursuing what God is saying to us today or are we dwelling on what he's told us many years ago i know there's been prophetic words declared over this church over this region and some of those words have happened over the years and they're great and i'm so grateful for them but what is the lord saying today what is he saying in this moment So our third point today is this, the regeneration season. You see, we started with this scripture today from Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, for everything there is a season. So maybe you're thinking, Pastor Jay, what are you getting at here? There's always someone that's ready. Come on, Pastor, you're going to say something. What is it? What are you saying? What I want to uh, put into our minds for us to consider, what I want you to consider today is this. As we continue to reflect on the year of breakthrough, what are we holding on to from our past that has no place in our future? Think about that. What are we holding on to from our past that has no place in our future? Bluntly, we all carry things from our past 
uh, shames and guilt and anger and fear and all sorts of different things. Uh, we need to leave them in our past. Now, most of us know that, but we do need to leave them in our past because Jesus has erased all that. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven the people that have sinned against us. That's why he died on the cross. So we need to leave all that behind. But even what are some things that maybe God has done for you in the past that that season is over? It's done. It's, it's, it's run its course. So even that good stuff, what are those, could you think of some of those good things in your life? that he's done. So what are we holding on to from our past that has no place in our future? I believe even good things, as I've said, need to be left behind, things that God has done, because he is doing a new thing. Here's your second scripture for today. I'm only, I'm only doing two, breaking all the rules. All right, Revelation 21, verse 5 says this. I love it. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. You see, we get very comfortable in our positions. Uh, I've told you this story, but there was these awesome ladies in the church Arlene and I grew up in, and if they went to this church, they would sit right there, those three seats right there. And uh, I remember the first time I w uh, the young adults were leading worship, and I was the worship leader for that. They didn't know it, and they came in, saw us, took their Bibles, and left. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry, I'm not offended. I think it's funny. Anyways, and... Uh, so, but the truth is, is that we, we get very comfortable in our positions. Oh, pastor, I sit here. This is my throne. <laughs> pastor Jay, someone, I, I can't even tell you, I'm so upset. Someone parked in my parking spot at church. <laughs> pastor Jay, I, I don't know why, what's wrong with you, your church? Someone Smash my windows because I parked in the wrong spot today. It's never happened, I know. We get very comfortable in our positions. Pastor Jay, I've, I've taught the youth Bible study for 300 years, and I'm still here, sucker. You can't move me. Pastor Jay, I, man, I've, I've organized the coffee cups for two decades, and they sit this way. Church, I'm, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> although they're all true in their own way. Oh, my gosh. Not here, but these are stories other pastors tell me. <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive us. Okay. But you see, we get very comfortable in our positions. We get very comfortable in our positions. But I believe in God's kingdom. He uses us in unique ways. But those ways can change over the years. We can be in a performance and working season for a long time where we busy ourselves with the work of the Lord, raising our families, uh, working hard at our jobs, working hard in the church, all that stuff. But then the season can change. When you first become a parent, you realize how selfish and self-involved you are. I remember uh, my uh, old youth pastor, Jeff Hackett, who came and spoke here last summer, he said to me when uh, Arlene got pregnant with Leland and he found out we were having a baby, he said, you're going to realize how selfish you are and you don't even know it. And I was like, what's wrong with you? I'm not a selfish person. You crazy? Come on. But we do, right? We learn things like that when we become parents. Some of us need to look at our spiritual lives, what we feel called to, and humbly ask the Lord, is this what you are calling me to today? Is this what you're calling me to today? You see, church, I'm going to open uh, the doors on something that uh, I'm sure the board will be glad I'm doing, but 
our leadership has already begun to take a look at the word regenerate. I put it in, the, in on purpose. And what it means for our church. We believe as a church leadership that it is time for new birth. We look back with gratitude and thankfulness to what the Lord has done in the history of our congregation. It's awesome. But our leadership firmly believes that this is a new day. You see, church, if we don't regenerate, we will eventually die. That's what happens. Raise your hand. Here's a little uh, uh, cultural test for everyone. Raise your hand if you know what TikTok is. A couple people. All right, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Katie and Pastor Jenna. I'm proud of you guys. Okay, if you do, great. I'm proud of you. Uh, If you don't, find someone that had their hand raised and ask them what it is. Or just look for a teenager and ask them. Like Tim Hortons walking on the street, whatever. They're all over the place. My point is this. The way in which people communicate has changed drastically in the last 15 to 20 years. Especially for me in the past 10 years. Things are moving at a rate that even for me is overwhelming. It's Super Bowl Sunday today. I mentioned that earlier. One of the things I've learned is that you can't keep running the same play over and over again, and expect different results. If you are uh, running an offensive or defensive scheme and it's, it's broken, then you need to come up with a new one. Today we'll see teams, if they have a bad first quarter or second quarter or first half, at halftime they'll adjust their schemes to try to outwit the other team. Our church does an awesome job of outreach. The Princess Tea last week was a great example. The Winter Carnival coming up this Saturday will be another great example. But church, I've taken a bit of a look. Our our leadership has taken a bit of a look. And here's some things I'm starting to notice. We're lacking in a few areas. We're lacking in the areas like discipleship and leadership development, assimilation, fellowship. When we run programs like Alpha and Growth Track, it's with purpose. It's not just because we just want to do that. We want to see people grow spiritually. Those programs are designed so that someone new to faith can learn and someone who's been a Christian their whole life can also learn something new. Our leadership wants our church to regenerate because we can't keep running the same play over and over again expecting different results. That is the definition of insanity. When you do the same thing over and over and over and over and expect different results. You see, church, seasons change. Seasons change. Okay, Pastor Jay, you've said a bunch of stuff again. I'm with you, but what can I do to be a part of this future? What can I be a part of the QPC, this church moving forward? I urge us this morning, we need to change. Let's stop looking at what's best for me. Pastor, I need more time to do my ministry. I need to be heard by the pastor. I need to be heard by the church. I'm too busy to give my best to the Lord. This isn't the right time for me to serve in a new capacity. 
They do a great job at the Winter Carnival. They don't need my help. These are some of the lies that we believe. So let's pause. What you're becoming is not who you are today. What you're becoming is not who you are today. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. You see, we need to go to God, ask him, Father, what would you have me to do in these days? I'm going to bet that he will surprise you with what he says, with what his response is to you. Here's my uh, very personal example. This is, a, this is super, I don't know if I've ever shared this here, but this is a very personal example for me. Almost three years ago, I sat down with a pastor whose name would be familiar to some of you in this room. I was going through a difficult time in ministry. Things weren't going as I thought they should be. And after hearing my concerns, after I shared my concerns with this pastor, looking back, it was more like belly aching than anything else. But anyways, uh, after hearing my concerns, he said this to me. He said, Jason, I think you should be a lead pastor. I looked at him and said, I said, I've honestly never thought about that before. You know when you're drinking something and someone says something funny to you and you spit out what you're drinking? Have you ever done that before? Well, that's what I felt like in this moment. You, some, of, some of us every day, yeah. That's what I felt like in this moment. From that moment on, I started a journey from this meeting with a, a, a pastor friend of mine in a second cup in Mississauga. I, I started this journey. Shortly after that conversation, I was driving up to a town called Espanola that I'd never been, been to before to meet some wonderful people at Queensway Pentecostal Church. You see, you don't know what God is leading you into unless you let the voice of the Lord begin to speak into your life. If you've always spoken into people's lives, if you're the one always encouraging and giving a word of knowledge and speaking wisdom and truth to, maybe take some time and just listen for a while. Stop speaking. Start listening. If you're like me and you've always let others speak into you, give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Maybe it's time for you to speak up, to find your voice and allow the Holy Spirit to minister prophetically through you. Maybe that's your time. Now is your time. You see, church, what you are becoming is not who you are today. Right? What you're becoming is not who you are today. Church, I want all of us to self-examine our lives, our spiritual lives, our relationship with the Lord if you feel that God has called you to be a prophet, ask the Lord, is this what you are calling me to today? If God's called you to be a teacher, ask the Lord, is this what you are calling me to today? If God has called you to be a shepherd, a witness, into healing ministry, whatever it is, God, is this what you are calling me to today? If God has called you to move in helping and administration, ask the Lord, is this what you are calling me to today? I hope you see where I'm going. Where I'm going. I want us to inquire of the Lord. 
We may or may not get an answer right in this moment or later on today, but God, what are you calling me into today? I don't want our past to dictate what the Lord is calling us into. Because remember, what you're becoming is not who you are today. Today I'm believing that new people are being called to youth ministry. New people are being called to the kids ministry. New people are being called to music ministry. New people are being called to women's ministry and to men's ministry, to administration, to accounting, to building maintenance, to evangelism and outreach, to teaching, to sound engineering, to video production, to life groups. My list goes on and on because what you're becoming is not who you are today. What you're becoming is not who you are today. That doesn't mean you're something bad today. That's not what I'm suggesting. All I'm saying is that what you are becoming, what the Lord is drawing you into, it's not what you are today. We've got somewhere to go. We've got a place to see God do miracles, to do mighty things in his name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com.